Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Up until last weekend, I wasn't going to be preaching this message. And then um, it was like God turned around and said, no, 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 no. Um, this is what I want you to say. So that song kind of sets up uh, what I believe God is trying to say, uh, what he's wanting to say, uh, not just to our ears but also to our hearts. But let me pray and then let's see what God's going to do. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that we come from all walks of life. Uh, we come from all different backgrounds. But Lord, you know us intimately. And you invite us to know you intimately. So Lord, I pray for that this morning. I pray for you, the restoration of our heart, to be able to get a glimpse of the love that you want to share with us. I pray for your spirit just to wash through and that we don't let things hold us back from actually experiencing your love, your light, your face this morning. I pray for the words that I'm about to say are not of me, but of you. And I pray that the reception of those words is not just an experience, but a transformation of the heart. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. How good has this month been? The month of February, 2020 and beyond. Um, there have been a fair few things that have, um, that have come up during this vision month and I believe that uh, the message today is a little bit confronting, um, but it's also probably confronting for me, so I'm hoping that it's a little bit confronting for you, but I think it's also, if, if we can take a glimpse of what God's trying to say here, um, that it may not just only change our church life, but change everything within uh, our aspects of life. So... I'm hoping that we go there. So just to recap, our vision for this month is less of me and more of you in our everyday. And this message that um, we're uh, talking about today is where to from here. It's all good to receive all this information and, and sit there and go, yeah, that, 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 was a, that was good information to hear. But actually to transform that into our everyday and our actions and how we approach life is a completely different story. So today I'm hoping gives us just that little bit of tools to be able to sit there and go, all right, how can I put this into my family life at home? How can I put this into my life when nobody else is around? How can I put this into my work life? How can I put this into my marriage? How can I put this into my parenting? How can I put this in approaching people, whether they're close to us or not? So I'm hoping that happens today. So where to from here? I don't know whether you guys have heard this expression before, but today we're going to be uh, exploring the scent mentality. Has anybody heard of the scent mentality? Yeah, the scent. Uh, when, I, when I said that to Holly, Holly thought that I was talking about scent, like you're, you're breathing in scent, <laughs> the scent mentality. But no, it's the scent mentality. And the reason why I would love to explore that is because we are not able to experience less of me and more of you unless we know what we're doing, unless we know the purpose behind us actually being sent and who has actually sent us. 
and why he ascended. We look in Luke chapter 10, uh, 1 to 3. It says that Jesus himself sent out his disciples, but not just his disciples. He actually goes into, and as we'll find out in a second, he goes into the people around and about 72, uh, 72 other disciples. So as it says it here, it says, the Lord now chose 72 other disciples, other disciples, not just the people that he journeyed with, but people that journeyed with him. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all towns and places that he had visited. So Jesus has set it up. He had been there and he had resent people that had journeyed with him back to them. Back to the places. These were his instructions to them. The, har- the harvest is great, but the work is a few. That one's not working. The harvest is great, but the work is a few. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Beautiful. Lambs among wolves. Now the reason why I wanted to share that is because everything that we do comes up against contrast. Comes up against people that may not believe the same things as you. And believe it or not, we may come come up um, alongside other Christians that may not have experienced the love that Jesus has in its full. Whereas you've had a different experience in some way, shape or form. So this applies in every single aspect of our lives, is that you're being sent out as lambs among wolves, but he doesn't say that in sending you alone. In Mark 6-7, it says this, it says, Jesus gathered his 12 disciples and imparted to them his authority. And then he sent them out in pairs. See how he's not sending his disciples out alone? He's sending them out in pairs because we are to do things not alone. He doesn't want us to be alone in any aspect of our lives. Yeah. Now, the reason why I'm sharing this before I get into what I'm actually going to be um, exploring today is that uh, a couple of weeks ago I got a message and I'm going to actually read off my phone so that I don't actually um, mistake it. But I was... Um, this was years and years back, probably more than 10 years ago uh, when Holly and I were in uh, youth leadership the first time. And um, this is when I was sitting there going, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? What are my giftings? And I turn up on a Friday night and I'm not even impacting these kids because there was nothing actually changing what I thought anyway. So I received a message. This was two weeks ago. And I'm not, I'm going to leave names out of it because some people may know this person, so I'm going to leave names out of it. But I just want to, I want to highlight one thing to you. Okay? This person wrote to me, I just wanted to send you a quick message to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I went on a hectic journey after Penrith Youth, ending up on copious amounts of drugs and alcohol. And ten months ago, I had an encounter with Jesus. I have just been reflecting this morning and one of the most significant events I can remember from Penrith is that one of the youth nights that I ran and there was a message and a video that you shared that just left me weeping. I didn't get anything out of it that night but as I reflect this morning, I think that was a pivotal point in me hearing Jesus now. 
So I just wanted to say thank you for sowing the seeds back then and it helped me to actually realise God's face now. Now this person, this person, back when I was in use, I actually didn't see any transformation in his life. And sometimes we sit there and we go, we sit there and we go, what are we doing? We're not seeing anything happen when we're, when we're hoping to impart um, what Jesus is telling us to impart, whether it be through conversation, relationship or actions, whether it be in ministry or whether it be outside of ministry. What are we doing this for? So we go by life and sometimes in, in, that, in us going by life, we, we sit there and go, we start getting disheartened because we're not actually seeing the fruits that we think we're going to see. And we're wanting it to happen in our time. When God's saying, no, I'm setting up for something bigger. So the things that I want to start mulling over in your own heart at the moment is that we can be a seed planter, we can be a seed grower, or we can be a seed harvester in any aspects when we come across anybody. It doesn't matter where they are in their world. We can be a seed planter, we can be a seed grower, or we can be a seed harvester. Are we actually doing that the way that God wants us to do? In Romans 10, 14 to 15, and I've picked the New Living Translation here, it says, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. You are sent. And it's hard to get that around because sometimes we sit there and go, no, we don't have the giftings and the abilities to be able to speak the gospel in every way, but we do have hands and feet. We do have approaches and we do have the ability to be able to make relations just like Jesus did. So the sent mentality doesn't just happen on a Sunday morning. It doesn't just happen on the ministries that you may be involved in. The sent mentality happens in our every day. And if we take less of us and more of God in everything that we do, it doesn't matter the situation that we're in. If we take that sent mentality that God has sent us here in Penrith, that God has sent us in our workplace, whether it be in the hospital, whether it be at schools, whether it be cleaning, whether it be anything that you are sent, where you are at the moment is an opportunity to show the love of Christ. If you take that sent mentality and actually sit there and go, no, it's not just a convenience, that God has purposed me to be here, right here, right now, to be able to impact the people around me. How much will that change you? How much will that change the way that you act, the way that you react, the way that you approach everything that you do in your conversations, in the way that you actually come alongside people, in your intentionality when it comes to sitting there going, no, if I'm sent by God to be here, right here, right now, to be able to impact the person that I'm speaking to. Yes, it may be somebody that I've grown up, maybe somebody in your family. 
And maybe somebody that you might be that light. Which leads me to my next Bible verse. In Acts 13, 40, uh, 47, it says this. And I've chosen the new um, revised standard version here. So it says, For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have set you to be the light for the Gentiles. I have set you to be the light for your children. I have set you to be the light for your parents. I have set you to be the light for the people that you go to school with, the people that you work with, the people that you come across with, the people that you play sports with. I have set you in that place for a reason, not just a convenience. Start changing the way that we're thinking. It's not by chance that you are in the position that you are at the moment. And if we change the mentality that God has actually purposed us there, then how will that change the way that we are actually reacting to things? For the Lord says that I have set you to be the light in your situations. And then it goes on and says this, that you may bring salvation to the end of the world. Salvation Jesus promised. And it's not just at the end of our lives, but he's actually inviting us to have the right here right now. Which brings me to my next point, and this is where we're going to... Um, I know that a lot of people are sitting there going, oh, but I don't have the giftings, I don't have the ability, and I don't have that. There was somebody in the Old Testament that had exactly that same thought. And I don't know whether you guys have journeyed much in Exodus, but there's a guy by the name of Bezalel. Now, does anybody know anything about Bezalel? Do you know what Bezalel means? Bezalel means in the shadow of God. Or under the shadow of God. What's the guy's name? That was just a different verse. We're going into so Exodus 31, uh, 1 to 11 in the New Living Translation. I'm going to follow it. So Moses. So then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of her, of the tribe of Judah. Now the reason why, and you'll see this in the Bible, it's a little bit of a uh, trend that happens, is that when they introduce somebody, they actually say the, the family line to know exactly where they come from. They know exactly what tribe they come from, who, who was the you're descending from so that you can sit there and go, it's not just a matter of where they've come from, it's actually who they've descended from. Yeah? And that was very much important back in the day. So it says, look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel. I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Now for those that are, might sit there and go, how does this happen? Because the Holy Spirit hadn't actually been released yet until Jesus ascended. That was the gift that he sent when after he was resurrected. But God chose Bezalel and he filled him with his spirit, giving him great wisdom, ability and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He's a master craftsman, expert, in working with gold, silver, and bronze. Stay with me. 
He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and, and in carving wood. He is a master in every craft. And I have personally appointed Oelib, I can't pronounce that one, son of, there's another one, (laughs) of the tribe of Dan to be his assistant. Now this guy, from from me um, studying into this guy, Oelib, he could have done this himself. He had the giftings and the abilities to be able to take Bezalel's position, but God appointed Bezalel to that point and appointed his friend to be his assistant. To be his assistant, to help him along. He was sent in pairs, just like back in Acts, just like, as they mentioned, in Romans. They didn't get sent alone to be able to do what God has appointed them to do. Moreover, I have given special skills to all the gifted craftsmen. And there's a whole heap of gifted craftsmen, craftsmen. But God has specifically said, I have given them special skills. Does anybody know the story that I'm about to expand on here? I'm hoping that some of you guys do. So that they can make all the things that I have commanded them to make. Now, the reason behind this is Bezalel was the person who crafted the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant. Something very, very special, very, very pivotal, and very, very influential in that. The Ark of the Covenant was what held. Does anybody know what it held? The Ten Commandments and the staff. Yeah? It held important things that was very, very influential in the rise of what God was doing in Israel. Yeah? So the Ark Covenant. They also created the Ark's cover, the place of atonement. All the furnishings of the tabernacle. The table and its utensils. The pure gold lampstand with all of its accessories. The incense altar. The altar of burnt offerings with all the utensils, the wash basin and its stand, all of that. And there was a fair few other things as well. So very, very important and very, very much appointed. A craftsman that was appointed for a specific reason. The beautiful stitched garments for Aaron, the priest, and the garments for his sons to wear, who were the ministers of the priests. The anointed oil and the fragrance incense for the holy place. The craftsmen must make everything that I have commanded you. They were sent specifically for a specific journey and a specific way. They were given skills and the abilities to be able to make and create these things. What brings your heart to life in your life, right here, right now? What brings your heart to life? Is it having conversations with people? Is it working with your hands? Is it thinking? Is it teaching people? 
What is it that God's laid on your heart that he has specifically placed for you to be sent where you are now? And my next question is, are you actually utilising what God has gifted you with to be able to glorify the kingdom? Or are you glorifying your kingdom? That's my question. So how? God regards all skills of his people, not merely to those of the theological or the ministry abilities. Sometimes our tendencies is to regard only those who are up front or in leadership roles. God gave Bezalel and Oalib spirit-filled abilities in artistic craftsmanship. Take notice of the abilities that God gives his people. He specifically gives you abilities, whether it could be playing music, it could be singing. What are the giftings that he has given you specifically to be able to bring glory to his kingdom? So how? How we, even though we may know the giftings that we have and we may are already working in it in some way, shape or form, how are we supposed to glorify the kingdom and how are we supposed to bring this in under this sent mentality to know that God has placed me in a specific area around specific people and how are we supposed, supposed to allow this, allow the spirit to be able to move through us? Three words. First one is intentionality. If we are not intentional in actually stepping into the gifting that we've got or in another way, if we are intentional in using the giftings but not actually doing it because that's what God has got us to do, then who are we doing it for? The thing that continually keeps on amazing me over and over and over again is that God created me. He knows every part of me. He knows every hair on my head, every skin follicle, everything. There is a purpose behind everything to the reason why I'm here today, to the, everything that has happened before. He wastes nothing. So why wouldn't I trust the person that created me with my future stepping forward? But most of the time, and this is just me, and I might be being the only person in this room that thinks this way, most of the time I sit there and go, no, 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 God, I've got this. I've got this part of my life. And I'll call on you if I need you. I'll call on you if, if things just get too overwhelming or things don't go my way. I'll call on you and then ask, God, why have you got me here? When before everything actually happens, God's actually saying, I actually know you better than you know yourself. If you ask me, I will tell you. If you ask me where you want me to go, I will tell you. If you ask me what conversation you want me to have, I will present you with an environment that you're going to be able to bring my hope to that person. The first one, I introduced you to a quote. And it said, be careful in actually saying not your will, not my will, but your will be done. Because you may not like it. And it may actually take you out of the, your comfort zone to the point where I don't know whether you notice me, and this is me being a little bit vulnerable now, I don't know whether you notice me, the songs before I step up. I still don't like getting up in front of people and speaking. Many, many years I've been like this because I don't like public speaking. The first time that I, public, that I had to public speak was at school. And I remember that I played a song and the only thing that I said was, that's a good song, I like it, thank you. 
That was my public speaking. That was my first one because I did not have the ability or the courage to be able to step into something. And I don't know whether you noticed me and me saying this is, this is a vulnerability that I guarantee you guys are going to be noticing me the next couple of times that I speak. I struggle to sing the song because I'm sitting there going, no, God, I don't want to get up. Make something happen that we have to evacuate or something like that. And it's not until, <laughs> it's not until I hear the words, no, I got this. Not me, but I feel God say, no, I've got this. This is not your church. This is not your message. I'm speaking to my children, and I'm just using you as the vessel. So are you going to be the vessel in your situation? Because you're going to have to intentionally step into that. Second word is you need to surrender your own abilities. You need to surrender your own ambitions in everything that you do, whether it be to do with your work, whether it be to do with your conversations, whether it be to do, and this is a hard one, especially if you're used to it, your relationships. Because if God knows us better than we know ourselves, he knows what is going to actually positively move in our lives and going to allow us to step into what he's already created us. We need to surrender our own agenda. Oh, I'm a poet and I don't know it. <laughs> At least somebody laughed. The last one in this is thankfulness. Most of the time, and this is for me and this is me being vulnerable again, most of the time I'll sit there and go, be sitting there, taking the steps that God's placing in front of me and going, oh, that's awesome, that's awesome, that's awesome, God is doing this, but yet I forget to thank him. I forget to thank what he has already done because in glorifying something or someone, you are thanking him. And we are here to glorify the kingdom and glorify what the creator is already doing in our lives, whether it be in our marriages, whether it be within our relationships outside of marriage in the sense of Parenting in the sense of work relationships, in the sense of um, colleagues, in everything that we do. God creates, and this is what blows my mind in this, God creates opportunities every single day for us to be able to speak his life, his love into people. And most of the time, and I, again I might be only speaking for myself, but most of the time I'm not attentive to that at all. And it just washes by because I'm going through my every day. But yet when I'm actually attentive to maybe a conversation that I'm having with somebody that could actually impact the way that they go, I sit back and look and go, wow, God, look at you move. How good is this? He's actually invited me onto this journey and I'm going, yeah, I'll actually step in, whether it be one foot or two feet, but I'm stepping in and I'm only just getting a glimpse of what he wants us to experience in heaven as if he is here on earth. So what does this mean for you and me? What does this mean for you and me? It means that if we can take on this vision, not just in our church life, but in our everyday life, I guarantee you that you will see movement. And it's not going to be your movement, it will be movement of the Spirit. Less of me and more of you. Less of me and more of you. 
get up every day and you go, Lord, what are you going to put in my way that I'm going to be able to speak life into? Who are you going to put in my way that I'm going to actually be a relationship bearer or an image bearer to? What are the experiences that you're going to give me, not only for me to grow, but actually to be able to show your love and How would that look for you? Now, I can't answer that for you because I'm not in the position that you're in and there's a purpose for that because I'm not sent into where you are. I'm not sent into your family and I'm not sent into your workplace. You are. A little bit daunting? What does this mean for the church? Imagine this for a second. We have a very big, growing community at Penny. If we take on Acts 1.8 and is going to all the world and preach the gospel, going to Jerusalem, going to Judea, going to Samaria, going to the end of the world, if we take that on literally, it doesn't mean that we need to be able to be the best of words, but if we take that on literally, and actually start doing that with our actions and every opportunity God has given us and take that sent mentality on, how much greater is the light going to expand in the darkness of the Gentiles, in the darkness of the people who might be sitting there encapsulating themselves in their self-woes or things that might be going on in their lives? How much more is our, how much brighter is God's light going to be if we actually step into this? What does it mean for the church? Well, it's what we're sent here to do. That's what we're here for, is to be able to glorify the kingdom. I'm going to get the worship team up to join me. And what does it mean here for the church in Penrith? Well, it means that we need to come together as a, a family need. As you saw back in the Romans verse and also in Acts, we are to go out in pairs. We are to go out in groups. We're not being sent out alone. We are to be able to sit there and go, all right, God, where have you got us as a church? What does it mean for us? So what does it mean for us here in Penrith? We need to get alongside each other. We need to be able to sit there and be attentive to what God is doing in other people's lives and also ours. And we might find that God's marrying up different giftings, abilities and callings at the same time to be able to reach the same goal. Not too sure. So 2020 and beyond. As I said the first week, I said this is not just a vision for this year. This is a vision to be able to expand on for years to come and beyond. To be able to put on top of less of us and more of you, God, in our everything. If we can take that on literally and actually put that action, those words, into action, how much brighter will that light shine? Let's start working with that sentimentality. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the messages that you are continually playing to us, whether that be through song, whether that be through conversation, Lord, whether that be through intimate moments that you have with us. Lord, I just pray that we don't just hear it and be fearful and run, or hear it and just be complacent and stay. I pray that we, starting from today, 
we can actually hear what you are saying and step into something that may seem uncomfortable but is God directed and that you have already gone before and prepared. Lord, I pray that you start aligning things in our life, in our workplace, in our families, Lord, for conversations to bring life and, life and love and not death and complacency, Lord. I pray for your movement to be evident in everything that we do. And as your children, Lord, we can step into that and say, I am sent here for a purpose, for a reason, and I am exactly like Bezalel, specifically chosen. Lord, thank you that you have placed us in areas that nobody else can reach. And Lord, I thank you that you are already going to give us the ability to be able to speak in. I pray for this week and I pray as we leave these doors, Lord, that we are impacted far greater than what we can ever imagine. Not because of the words that are spoken, not because of the songs that are sung, but because of your spirit just transforming anew. We thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org. www.cofcpenrith.org.